Welcome back to From Eight Arbitration, to the Monday edition of From Eight Arbitration. <laughs> I've been out of town. I had the privilege of going down to Florida, Lakeland, Florida, to Branch 1779. Uh, Saturday, went, went down there and uh, participated in the installation of officers. Had a nice banquet, fantastic people, fantastic individuals, met a lot of great people. Uh, Sunday, they asked if I would stay, uh, give a little motivational speech, which I did. I think that that's on YouTube. Uh, if you get on from arbitration.com, I think Jeremy may have put it on the, on there. And also, uh, Miss Lindsay put it on from made arbitration, a Facebook page. So if you're interested in that, uh, you'll see me on there. Uh, he had it live streaming on YouTube. That was pretty cool. Had it on zoom. Quite a few people uh, were on that. That was pretty dadgum cool. So I love participating in that. Also did some training after that, some Article 16 training, and that went really well. Um, but thank y'all for asking me to come down there. I had a blast. Uh, that's Branch 1779. Josh Brought, Kira Munn, uh, President and Executive Vice President, and uh, all those people that were sworn in down there. A great time. So thank y'all very much for having me. Uh, had a blast. Y'all took care of us. Uh, treated us first class. So had a ball. Just walked in the door. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to do a podcast, an episode this week. I was going to kind of cheat and say, just watch that YouTube video. <laughs> and that'll be my episode. But I don't know if any of y'all, you know, most of y'all can't see it. Maybe. I don't know. But there have been some things that have been troubling me, and I know you're like, dear God, again, <laughs> last week was enough. <laughs> and uh, I thank y'all for all the nice comments about the episode last week. That was uh, kind of went on a tangent there, but uh, had a lot of nice comments about it. So and that's just, just my heart, and sometimes it comes out a little rough around the edges. But uh, um, there have been some things troubling me for a long time, and uh, I've not... I, you know, you, you let people handle things, uh, and that's how I am. You know, if you're tasked with handling things, then then that's what I expect you to do. But, unfortunately, that's not always how it works out. I'm going to read something to you. A gentleman sent me, and, and this is what it says, and this is the consensus of, of what I get uh, from coast to coast. About 90% of what I talk about with people are these very issues, okay? And so um, I'm going to step on toes in this episode. I know you're like, please get back to training. I will. I promise you that. I'm gonna get, I got JB coming in. He's going to do some extensive kind of a salted peanuts type thing with some things that he's been asked about for people that are messaging him. I'm going to get back into it next week, okay? But these are things that have been troubling me for quite some time. And uh, and you kind of just scratch your head and say, what do you do, you know? But this gentleman messaged me, and, and I will get 50, 60 of these a week, okay? He says, hey, Corey, man, that last episode was inspiring. Thank you for sharing that story. I hope it keeps some of our brothers and sisters in the fight. To me, the essential problem is the unfairness of the structure of our contract. Yes, we can file grievances. Yes, we win. And we kick management's ass plenty. And they will do their GATS payments. 
They'll be ordered to cease and desist, or not, and maybe write an apology, but then what? They are still there to do it again, and the cycle continues. It's frustrating, and feels like every time you get to the top of the mountain, another peak pops up. Your desk is clear, all grievances settled, and bam, more bullshit from the same asshole. It's ultimately unfair. If I make the same mistake four times, my ass is gone. Maybe we can get it up to a six with a good steward and formal A, but if I don't fix it, I'm gone. Fired. Done. Management can keep doing the same crap over and over and have no real consequences. I know both you and Renfro mentioned that there is a number that will ultimately end it, but we don't know what it is. I think that sucks. It's not their money. They don't care. I'm sorry for the long email, brother, but let me get to the point. Here's my proposal. The NELC needs to bring a bill to Congress. Call it the USPS Management Accountability Act. If we can show just how much money is wasted on repeated violations of the contract by bad management, the number has to be astounding. These assholes like saving money, so here's how you do it. Remove them and send them back to whatever craft they came from. So if a carrier gets four strikes, letter warning, seven-day, 14-day removal, then a 204B gets the same. An EAS, eight strikes, go back to your craft. A Postmaster, 16, go back to your craft. A Poon, 32 and so on. I put this idea out on a USPS Facebook page and I got one dude who messaged me about it. <laughs> I don't think you can start a movement with two people. But you've got an audience, brother. A motivated, frustrated audience who are hearing those drums and are ready for war. Let's do it. If you don't get, agree, that's fine too. I still love the show and what you do with educating us carriers. Thanks, Corey. I'm with you 100%, my man. I'm with you 100%. And I'm going to say some things tonight that's going to upset some people. All right? I don't like upsetting people, but I'm going to say some things that are going to be upsetting to, to a few. All right? This problem is age-old. Non-compliance. Issues on the workroom floor. We deal with it over and over and over again. We've got a craft that is tired, overworked, understaffed, and underpaid. And that's the bottom line. The letter carrier craft, the city letter carrier craft is tired, understaffed, overworked, and underpaid. And that's just how it is. What do we do about it? Uh, we've got collective bargaining coming up. Is that how we handle it? What happens if it doesn't go our way? What happens if we go up there and put the best foot forward with the same law firm that's been doing them for the last however many years, 30 years, the same law firm? What happens if the same law firm gets the same contract that we've been getting, the 1%, 1%, 1%? We've fallen way behind other companies that are in the same business, right? What do we do? What if it doesn't fix our staffing? What if it doesn't fix our workroom floor? What if it doesn't fix the constant issues of non-compliance, which is what I hear all the time, non-compliance? What if it doesn't fix that? What do we do then? 
Who do we look to to say enough is enough? And what does that individual do? Here's the bottom line, folks. And this is tough to say. And I don't like saying it. But this is the bottom line. We no longer have a Vince Sombrato in our union. That's just the way it is. We no longer have a Vince Sombrato in our union, period. We no longer have that hero, right? We no longer have that person that we can look up to and say, Captain, my captain, we've got you. We're here with you. We're going to fight with you. We don't have that anymore. We had 15% of our membership voted in our last election for president, that ticket. 15%. Why is that? Why is it that so unacceptably low right there? Is it disinterest? Huh? Is it one of those things that you got two tickets and people are like, eh? I would, I would hope not. But why is that 15%? Only 15% voted in this last election because we don't have that hero. We don't have that, that person that will shake it at the foundation. We don't have it. Vince Sombrato hit the ocean and caused a tsunami, son. Caused a tsunami. He was a hurricane. He was a hurricane. He delivered mail for 20 years. In terrible conditions. Pay was terrible. Working conditions was terrible. Sound familiar? Then him and six other carriers that called themselves the Magnificent Seven. Now you knew they was fixing to tear up some shit, right? The Magnificent Seven. From branch 36. Decided enough was enough for my people. Enough was enough for my people. We're going to make a change. And they went on strike. The President of the United States got involved, called a state of emergency, called in the military, and they couldn't handle it. And Vince Sombrato changed the course of the city letter carrier, and we got collective bargaining because of it. He was our president from 1978 to 2002 and was a damn hellraiser every day he got in, the, in his office. He was a tsunami, son. And we got people right now that wouldn't cause a ripple in a toilet bowl. They're the feathers of a hummingbird. And we wonder why, for so long, shit has gone unaddressed. That's why. We no longer have a Vince Sombrato leading us. Now, we got new leadership. I'm still going to hold out hope that things change. I am. I'm going to hold out hope. Y'all remember the Warriors, the movie The Warriors? Cyrus was the was the leader of the main street gang, right? The Gramercy Riffs. Remember that? <laughs> the Gramercy Riffs. And Cyrus called all the other gangs, uh, delegates from all the other gangs around New York to come into this central meeting. And he said, hey, we're going to put all of our differences aside and we're going to combine forces and we're going to run this place. We're going to run this city. No cops can touch us. Nobody can touch us. That's what he did. And, and he got them all to agree 
Of course, somebody shot him, but <laughs> in the movie. But what we need is Osiris. What we need some is somebody who's going to shake the foundation of our craft. We had 15% voted, right? 15%. Why is that? It's because nobody shook the foundation of this craft. Nobody shook the foundation of this craft. We had people that were causing, that, that, that couldn't even cause ripples in, in a toilet bowl. We've got to have that sombrato step up if we're going to have anything done. And that's just the way it is. Things have been going on status quo for far too long. This issues of non-compliance, we have accepted that as the norm. Well, just keep filing grievances. Like we were saying, you, there's going to be a figure. Should it really come to that? That's what we have right now. That's the process we have right now. So that's the only answer, right? Until something happens. Uh, what about the issues on the workroom floor? We're going to take things to arbitrators. Some of them don't believe in, in the joint statement still. Don't believe in the ability to remove management from their managerial positions. So then what do we do? We're stuck with those managers that are, that are causing my, my carrier's heartache. Is that where we're left? Uh, the understaffing. Are we just left with it that management on Article 3 has the right to hire? So we're just, oh, well, we're, we're, we can't do anything with that. So my people will constantly be mandatory overtime every day because we don't have enough staff. We have people not on the list that are being mandatory six days a week. Well, just keep filing grievances. Just, just make sure that you continue to do it on a rotating basis. Is that the answer to everything? Is the status quo, the things that have been going on? For the last however many years, do you think that those same things would be going on if we had a Vince Sombrato in office? I do not. I do not. I just don't. One Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Y'all ever seen that movie? It's one of my favorites. I love both movies. I think they're coming out with a third. I hope they are. But in the second one, Josh Brolin, remember he's in there meeting with, with this cabinet or whatever. And they're wanting him to, to start a war. And he kind of knows their penchant for backing out of things or cowarding out of things. So he says, if you want to see this thing through, we're going to have to get dirty. And the guy says, well, dirty is exactly why you're here. <laughs> Y'all remember that part? I love that part. I thought that was badass. And there's another saying that I always love. It says, sometimes good guys got to do bad things to make the bad guys pay. Sometimes good guys got to do bad things to make the bad guys pay. I'm not talking about anything unethical at all, trust me. But what do we do? Because we got a tired workforce, baby. Understaffed, underpaid, and we're putting all of our eggs in one basket, collective bargaining. What do we do if that doesn't go our way? What would, would Vince Sombrato do? Here's what I would do. If, if it was me, I would go tomorrow and request a meeting with the heads of, of whoever for the Postal Service. And over then, I'm, I would say, I, I know we're going into collective bargaining. We're going to address some things. But just in case it doesn't go our way, just in case it doesn't go our way, 
we're going to deal with the issues of noncompliance. That's what we're going to do. We're going to deal with the issues of noncompliance because it's, it's destroying the spirit of my people. This noncompliance. Uh, like I said, JB has, I can't remember over a thousand noncompliance article eight, noncompliance grievances that, and he still has them in abundance you know, Lake Charles got up to $1,000 per carrier. There were so many. I would tell them that the issues of noncompliance are going to be dealt with. When we have the grievance procedure, I'm telling you they're going to be dealt with. The issues of understaffing are going to be dealt with. Well, we've got collective bargaining agreement. You know, y'all need to bring that from the arbitrator. I'm telling you, they're going to be dealt with. Okay? My carriers need more money. They need more money. I'm telling you that. Well, you know, the APWs already agree to this, and I don't give a shit what anybody's done. I'm telling you, they need more money. And you got six months to do it. You got six months to fix these things. Excuse me? You're excused. You got six months to fix these things. The problems of noncompliance, the understaffing, Underpayment of my people. You got six months. Is that a threat? I never threaten anybody. I never have. It is a promise to you from me. You got six months. If at the end of six months, I don't see results, clear results, I'm going to Congress, just like this gentleman said. I'm going to Congress, and I'll stay there. I'm going to every news outlet I can think of. I'm going to be in every newspaper that will accept me. I'm going to be on every daytime TV show that will accept me. I'll be on every radio show that will accept me. And I'm going to have these figures. And I'm going to show them that postal management is wasting hundreds of millions of dollars of U.S. citizens' dollars in noncompliance. That's what I'm going to do. Sometimes good people have to do bad things. They just do. That's what I would do. I'd say, you got six months to fix it. And I know there are people out there, that's just not how we handle things. That's the reason we're in the fucking boat we're in. It's because that's not how we handle things. We have a process. That's the reason we're in the shape we're in. It's because we have a process that we've been going by for the last few pathetic years. You've got to think outside the damn box. I'm tired of hearing, well... You know, we got smart people. Hell, everybody's smart up there. Everybody's smart up there. What else do you have to offer me other than I'm smart? Huh? My people are on this workroom floor overworked, underpaid. They're tired and they're weary and they have management beating the shit out of them. And we've got smart people up there leading us. Well, thank God. I was I was beginning to wonder if y'all... Y'all were smart or not. We got smart people. Everybody's smart up there. What are you going to do to make a difference? Huh? How are you going to think outside the box? I'm going to give y'all some figures. I've told y'all about some cases that I've dealt with in arbitration, and, and we've won. One such case was out of Kingsport. And, and what had happened in that case was, Management was falsifying clock rings and got caught. Shop Stewart caught them. 
And as part of that, they had to furnish the union, part of the remedy of that when we filed a grievance, they had to furnish the union two pieces of paper, one for both supervisors showing training that they received. Two pieces of paper, not an exorbitant amount of paper, two pieces of paper, one for each supervisor. They didn't do it. So we took it to arbitration. We asked for, I can't remember how much money it was per carrier. We took it to arbitration and management was saying, hey, it's two pieces of paper. This is, this is an exorbitant amount of money that they're asking for for two pieces of paper. And the arbitrator said, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about the cease and desist that you are given. And one cease and desist is enough. And being as you didn't give those two pieces of paper, you violated what both parties agreed you would do, which is cease and desist. And so I'm going to give the union its requested remedy. That sum was $245,000. That's how much management lost for that non-compliance was $245,000. Let me, let me tell you that. Let me break this down for you. Okay. A stamp is 63 cents. Okay. A stamp is 63 cents. Here's how many stamps the postal service is going to have to sell to recoup that award. 388,888. 388,888 stamps. They're going to have to sell to recoup that. Priority mail is $9.65. $9.65. The Postal Service will have to sell 25,388 priority packages. 25,388 priority packages to recoup the losses from that award. Express mail is $28.75. They would have to sell 8,521 express mails to recoup that loss. 8,521 express mails. What would happen if you lost 8,521 express mails? Huh? You're going to be fired if you lose four. You lose one letter warning. You mishandle another, probably a seven day. You mishandle another one, it's 14 day. You mishandle another one, it's probably a removal. That's what they're going to go for. Here's an individual that lost 8,521 express mails because you didn't give me one piece of paper. What are we doing about that? What are we doing about that? Because nothing happened. The, the supervisor is still the supervisor. Nothing happened to him. He didn't even come testify. He said it was a joke. He said, I'm not going in there and testifying. It was a joke to him. In Nashville, I had a route count and inspection arbitration. I told you about this one as well. What happened in this one was it was the largest station in Nashville, Woodbine Station, over 40-something routes in there. So they had a six-day count coming up, and they had these numbers. You know, these how they always have these numbers, and they come up and it says, it looks like we're going to be able to get this many routes out of the station, and they'll tell you that. Well, in Woodbine, they said, it looks like we're going to get three routes out of Woodbine, okay? 
So the supervisor's sitting at the desk and the postmaster of the city walks in and he walks by and he says, we're getting six routes out of here. And the guy says, really? Because it showed they just told us it was going to get three. He said, we're getting six. I don't care what the numbers say. This was in the case file now. So it's not something I'm making up. We're getting six. So this guy determines that though the numbers from initially showed three, he determined we're going to get six and make the carriers fight to get them back. That was their position. We're going to get six, make the carriers fight through the grievance procedure to make them get these routes back if, they, if they're going to. So he predetermined to screw us over. The number said three. The postmaster says, I want six, even though it never showed that. The numbers didn't show that. Okay? They lost $500,000 in that grievance settlement. That was another one I took into arbitration, and Arbitrator Roberts awarded it to us. And they just didn't give us information on that one. And so $500,000. Listen to this. You will have to sell 793,650 stamps to recoup that. 793,650 stamps to recoup that loss. You'd have to sell 51,813 priority mail packages to recoup that loss. You would have to sell 17,391 express mail pieces to recoup that loss. And nothing happened to that postmaster or those supervisors. Do you see what I'm talking about? Do you see what I'm talking about? What would happen if the public became aware of that through a Vince Sombrato on national television saying, this is what we're dealing with at the post office. They can't even pay my carriers a better wage because of these bastards doing this. What about Congress sitting in front of them saying, this is what we're dealing with. You just had postal reform voted on and management is pissing every saving away because of this. They're pissing it away. What would happen if he was, if he or she, the next Vince Sombrato was on the news every day harping on this? You think the post office would bend? Do you think they'd say, please stop, we're going to address it? What if they was on the news every day, on talk shows every day, saying, this is what we're dealing with. We receive no tax money. We're self-sustaining. And this is what the Postal Service is doing. They refuse to police their own. I had an arbitration. It was in 2014. It was in Memphis. A carrier, he had been delivering mail 25 years, I think it was. He was an older gentleman. And he got a letter of demand for $1,760. A letter of demand now. They wanted him to pay that back $1,760. It was because of some stamp stock. He had an account in Kroger. He had to take this registered mail in there, stamp stock. They had to sign for it. He had to scan it. He didn't do either of those things. Okay. He, he forgot to scan it and didn't get it signed for. Kroger calls and said, hey, where, where's our stamp stock? We never received it. Okay. And so I had to go to arbitration on this letter of demand for $1,760. And, and we won. Because management, the email from Kroger said, this is the delivery confirmation we never received. 
and the delivery con- and the letter demand had a different delivery confirmation number. Now nobody caught that, so I had to trick management into answering it so it wouldn't be new argument. So I just asked them about the email from Kroger. I said, "Is this the email you received from Kroger indicating that the stamp stock was never delivered?" Yes. Now, how do we know that it was the stamp stock? Well, it's got this confirmation number up there that where they ordered it, this is the confirmation number that they received uh, would be on the package. Okay. And so that's how you know for a fact that they didn't get it because of that number. Yes. I said, okay. And this is the letter of demand here? Yes, it is. All right. And so this is what the carrier received, and this is what shows that he owes this money, this $1,700. Yes. I said, okay. Now, who, who does he pay that to? Well, he has to pay it to Egan. He had to do all that. All right. And so how do I know that this is the package that's, that it's talking about? Well, here's the confirmation number. I said, well, let's look at them. They were different. And so also they didn't have an invoice. Nobody caught that either. And so I said, well, what if I tell you that I don't believe you? How do you prove me wrong? Well, Kroger said this. I said, that's not an invoice. I said, where's your invoice? It's not in there. So the arbitrator threw it out, said he don't have to pay it. But they were trying to recoup $1,760 from a city letter carrier because of some stamp stock. They're coming after that money, that loss, from the city letter carrier. They're coming after that loss, right? I looked up some things. We had some were $329. We lost these. $329 due to a lost COD check. Management issued a letter of demand. We lost it. $154 for accepting a bad check on a COD. We had to pay that back. $401 for the same thing, accepting a bad check on a COD. We owed that money. All right, so management went after that to get those losses, right? Uh, Had a, a Jeep, had an accident. Uh, management showed that it was because the driver was driving carelessly and he owed $714 in damages. They came after that money. Had another gentleman that his vehicle is in, was in disrepair. The inside, he had food spilled all over it, tobacco juice all over it, cigarette burns all in the inside of his vehicle. It was trash, $2,700. And so they came after him to get it cleaned. We lost that one, $2,700. The carrier had to pay to get the vehicle cleaned because it was in such disrepair. They came after that money. What is the difference between us and them? They'll come after me for $1,700, but you got a son of a bitch that lost $500,000 because he was going to try to screw the letter carrier and nothing happens to him. You got somebody losing $245,000 because you didn't give me a piece of paper. Where's their letter of demand? Where's his letter of demand? We've got managers down there in Lake Charles, like I said, that over a 30-minute overtime grievance cost $35,000 per grievance. Where's their letter of demand? They've been told hundreds of times to cease and desist. Where's their letter of demand? Huh? How do we hold them accountable? You have to get a Vince Sombrato to shake the foundation of this son of a bitch. That's what you got to get, and we don't have it. That's just, that's how I feel. That's plain and simple. And that may be completely unfair, 
but that's how I feel. The status quo, not cutting it anymore. We need a hero. We need a hero. We need somebody we can look at and say, Captain, my captain. That's what we need. We need a hellraiser. Everybody's smart, baby. So if you tell me, man, we got some smart people. Everybody's smart at that level. Both sides. Everybody's smart. Who's going to get up there and make a difference? Who's going to get the, the, the workroom floor to where they're ready to fight? Who's going to get the workroom floor so behind them that we don't have 15% voting? We got about 80% of our membership voting. We got about 70% of our membership voting for somebody because they're saying, this is the person that needs to be in that seat. Who is that person? They're out there. I promise you they're out there. Who is it? 15% of our membership voted? That's disinterest. That's disinterest. Who is it that's going to get about 80% of this vote that gets the, that gets the city letter carrier craft so riled up, so riled up that they're going to get about 80% of this vote? I would, um, one of my favorite arbitrators was Tom Mayer. He was very good, very good, very good writer. Win or lose, he wrote great decisions. And I like that because it tells me what happened, what I did wrong, you know. But I had a, I talked about this before. I had a case where uh, the, the station manager brought a gun in in her purse, and he, he removed her from the postal service, from the postal service. Not just from managing city letter carriers, from the entire postal service, he removed her. And so when they had these arbitration arbitrator functions where all the arbitrators come postal management the union come they talk to all of them management head of labor goes up to tom mayor in front of everybody you know they're all sitting there talking in different groups and he goes up to him and says hey that decision out of gadsden yeah you're off the panel because of that you won't be back on the panel in front of her just humiliated the guy in front of everybody you're off the panel Management is cold-blooded as far as that's concerned. On our last panels, uh, we had very good arbitrators. And, and they said anybody that's paying the branch is gone. Anybody who's paying money to the branch, we're not going to accept that. You're off the panel. I lost all my arbitrators off my panels. All of them are new. All of them are new. They just went in and removed all of them. And we're over here saying... That's just not right. That that's not right. We shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't do that. That's how that was our position. That's just not right. You know what I would say? I would say any arbitrator who doesn't believe in the joint statement that you have the authority to remove management from their position. You're off this panel. Any arbitrator who does not believe in an escalated monetary award that you have that right, that you that you have that authority, you're off the panel. I tell them that. We, we'd go through a million arbitrators. I'm not putting up with it. You don't believe in the JSOV, you're gone. How y'all like that? 
You don't believe in an escalated monetary ward? You're out. You think that my carriers can be done this way over and over and over again with no repercussion? Gone. Out. I just, I get too many messages like that. You know, that, that our people are saying, man, we're overworked. We're overworked. It's the status quo. Man, we're underpaid. It's the status quo. I make good money. I do. I look at these other companies and, and, and like business and, and they're they're very well paid. The non compliance status quo and we're perfectly fine with it. Now they can tell you we're doing everything that we can. Really? I've not seen one thing y'all done. I've not seen you ask once. Well, we're doing it up here. Tell your people what's going on then, damn. Why is everything such a secret up there? Hell, I'm paying your dues. I mean, I'm paying dues. I'm paying you your salary. Why is everything such a fucking secret? Tell your people what's up. How would we do that? Hell, I don't know. Maybe a podcast. I don't know. Maybe a Zoom. Maybe something. Shit, I don't know. But just sitting there, you know, all in your little groups huddled up like little, like little children. Tell us what's going on. We've got a very frustrated workforce. Very frustrated. They're wanting a sombrado. Right? They're wanting a hero. A champion. That's what your people want. And like I said, we may have that, you know. They just came into office, what, a month, so... That may be something that's that's, going to happen. I don't know. Fuck, I ain't heard nothing. But that's my opinion. I know y'all didn't ask for it, but I get so many messages about these things that um, it's completely frustrating. Completely frustrating. Because I'm always on here telling you to fight. Fight. With everything in you, fight. On the workroom floor, fight. Shop stewards, formal A's, B teams, fight. You know? I'm always saying that. And I have been ostracized for most of the NELC because of it. Because of me trying to educate. And that's fine with me. They can all kiss my ass, really. Um, Because I'm not trying to do anything, you know. I had a gentleman come on my podcast a couple of episodes early on, and he was threatened to never be on here again. So he's never been on here again. He's trying to educate his people and was told, don't you ever go on there again. Why? Why is that? You got somebody want to educate and you threaten him with that? Is it because you don't have your thumb on this? Is it because you don't have your thumb on what I'm doing? You don't have control over it? That's the reason I was called to ask to do it. Because y'all weren't doing it. (laughs) Y'all weren't doing it. You know how many business agents are not offering any training whatsoever? I'm down there talking with Josh Brault the other day. And he said that this the the thing I was going to do when I was teaching and talking was going to be on Zoom. And he had members from other regions reaching out to him 
saying, how do I get on there? Because we get no training. We went to our business agent and they are not offering any. They told us there was nothing for us. There's nothing for us. Can you imagine that? A business agent telling somebody wanting to learn, there's nothing for you. Huh? A business agent telling somebody you can't go on there to Corey and, and be on that podcast and, and train people and help people. You can't do it. Really? What's wrong with you? We don't have a Vince Sombrato. That's why. We don't have a captain. We don't have a, a hero. We don't have a warrior. We just don't. Uh, but they're out there. Hey, lift your head up. <laughs> lift y'all's heads up out there. They're out there. They're coming. I hope it's what we got now. I do. Yeah, I've had people that have told me that that they were told not to talk to me. Can you believe that? I would never in a million years tell somebody not to talk to somebody. That That is something that happens in elementary school. Don't talk to Corey. He's, he's divisive. He's this. Really? <laughs> That's unbelievable to me. For trying to educate. Hysterical. Oh, well. What do you do? Uh, I, I've, I've not wanted to talk about this. And you see why. It's not pretty. It's not good. It's not educational, really, and I and I need to get back into that, and I will. But uh, it's just too many people are reaching out to me, saying, "We need a leader. We need a leader. We we we've got to get away from the status quo." And, and it's going to be, and it's going to have to take that person to go in there and shake things at the foundation. When you go into office and you say, well, this is how we've always done it. It's not working. It's not working how you've always done it. It's not working. All right? Well, we got these new memos coming out. Hopefully that too. Hey, listen to me. Listen, it's not working. It's not working. How we've been doing it, it's not working. Okay? We're understaffed. Whatever you're doing, it's not working. We're overworked. Whatever you're doing, not working. We're underpaid. Whatever you're doing, it ain't working. The model needs to be broken. It's not working. Okay? Well, all we got is collective bargaining agreement. Then we're doomed to be subpar. We're just like those donkeys in the field with the blinders on and the yokes. Come in, constantly mandatory, no relief, underpaid. Who's going to step up and save us? Who is it? You're out there. I know you are. Who's going to step up and save us? We need somebody. We need somebody, you know, somebody that's going to galvanize this workforce. Somebody that's going to get about 80% of that vote. We need it. We need it. We're hurting. Our people are hurting. 
my brothers and sisters are hurting. We need help. If the collecting bargaining doesn't go our way, what do we do? Woe is me. Is that the answer? You think Sombrado would say, woe is me? Huh? Like I said, I wasn't going to do an episode tonight. I was just going to, or this week, I was just going to, going to let that YouTube video kind of be it. You can't really do watch that at work though. And so on the way back from Lakeland, it's been on my heart. And that guy sent me that email and I'm just like, you know, hell with it. Um, it's something I've been thinking about a long time, you know, just because so many emails come in about the non-compliance issues. What do we do? So many emails come in about the mandatorying because of understaffed. What do we do? So many emails come in about, hey, I can't even get a day off to take my kids to the doctor. I can't even get off to take myself to the doctor. I'm having to miss all these things because I'm being mandatory for fear of retribution, for fear of discipline. Uh, they're denying all of our leave. We're grieving it. You know, it's happening over and over and over and over again. We just continuously have to grieve it. We'll win, but I've already missed the appointment by then. Um, management doesn't care. I hear that over and over and over again. It's like water torture on my forehead, you know. And so eventually you have to speak on it. You just have to talk about it. I hear you. I hear you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I agree 100%. Status quo is no longer working. What do we do? I told you my mind. I just going to tell him you got six months to fix it all, or I'm gonna I'm gonna sing to the hills what y'all are doing. I'm gonna get down and dirty. And you're gonna think, man, that president right there is the biggest piece of shit. That's okay. That's all right. I'll be that. I'll be that. All right. Some of y'all won't make a ripple in a toilet bowl, and that's why they'll never remember your name. They'll never remember your name. When you say sombrado, what do you think? Right? <laughs> I do too. I do too. You say some of these others, what do you think? That's right. That's what I thought. But I'm going to keep doing this every week. Every week I'm going to be educating I'm going to keep doing it. You know why? Because they don't want me to. That's why I'm spiteful. So I'm going to keep educating and keep talking. Why? Because they don't want me to do it. <laughs> they don't want you educated. They want you grasping for, for crumbs on your knees. It's the gatekeeper mentality. We're going to have all of it and you're going to have very little. No, no, baby, not while I'm here. <laughs> We're going to educate a workforce in everything. We're going to educate a workforce, right? That way, when we do get that sombrero in there, he's going to say, hey, how are we on education? We're full up. Let's get it. Let's get it. We're holding people to task. Come on. That way, when that right person does get in office, they're going to say, how far are we behind in educating? Why? 
I've got people messaging me. I've got people calling me saying that you're telling them as a business agent, they're not going to get education. Why is that? Why are you a failure to job? That's what we need. That's, we need that sombrato to show up at the doorstep and say, Hey, show me what you're doing as far as education. Nothing. Why are you being such a failure as a man? Huh? Why did you wake up and decide, hey, look, I'm going to be a complete failure as a man. I have no manhood in this job. Why is that? We need that person. They're out there. All right? I promise you, they're out there. I know I've been rambling, but I hate seeing my people upset. And, and to tell you the truth, this whole time, I have told myself I'm not going to get loud and cuss. I think I've done good, right? Last week, I went crazy. <laughs> so this week, intentionally, have been sitting back with my arms crossed because I always talk with my hands. I've been sitting back with my arms crossed talking so that I won't get loud and uh, <laughs> I won't cuss. And so <laughs> I think I've done well. But um, my people are hurting. And you're going to hear about it. Okay. Next week, we're going to get back into it. All right. We're going to get back into it. And you got uh, JB is going to kind of do a uh, salted peanuts type thing on some things where y'all have reached out to him. Uh, some some good stuff. He talked to me about it a little bit. He's going to have some good stuff. Uh, Mike Kerf is going to come back on. We are getting ready for collective bargaining. It's coming in February. And so he wants to come in and talk to y'all a little bit about what's going on, what's happening. All right. Great guy. A great guy. He is a, he is a fighter. I'll give him that. He's a warrior, a leader. And I, I, and I like him a lot. I appreciate him wanting to talk to my people. His people too, but uh, I appreciate that from him. But he's wanting to come on here. So he'll be on here in a couple of weeks maybe. We will do Article 8. I promise you that <laughs> we're going to do Article 8. But um, Vince Sombrato, you're out there. I know you are. We're waiting on you. We're waiting on you. I'll talk to you all next week. Y'all have a fantastic week, okay? And uh, I'll see you Sunday. Yeah, I'll do on Sunday. All right? Talk to you then.